Welcome to Star Wars Comics and Canon. The Force is strong with this one. Hello there and welcome to Star Wars Comics in Canon, your guide to the wider Star Wars canon through the comic book lens. And to take you on this journey, I'm your host, Mike Burton. So brings another book review. So guys, I thought it was time to do another book review, and also I finished a book today, so I decided, well, it's fresh on my mind, why don't I get some recording done? Um, so just for clarity, in episode 28 of Styles Comics and Canon, I tackled the Master and Apprentice book by Claudia Gray. If you want to hear my interview with Claudia Gray, the episode was released in December 20th, 2020. And if you want to hear my other book review that I've done, that was of The Light of the Jedi, which is a High Republic novel, that was released the 13th of March, 2021. So with this book, I am following suit with The Light of the Jedi. I am tackling another High Republic novel, because they're all the books I'm reading at the moment. So there's The Light of the Jedi, there's Into the Dark, and there's A Test of Courage. Those three were released in the first wave of the first phase in January, February of 2021. Now, I have read Into the Dark. In fact, it's sitting next to me. Um, but because I just finished The Test of Courage, and as I said, it's fresh in my memory, I thought I would do that. Now, just to clarify some of the structure of the High Republic and things, it is set to hundred years before the prequel trilogy so you know that's the phantom menace and those sort of things so the general time is 232 years before the battle of yavin and the first phase in essence light of the jedi is the air quotes main novel so that's the one which is like an adult novel in air quotes it's 380 pages it's got the most amount of story in there loads and loads of characters and it's written by charles saul and it is absolutely excellent now each phase or each wave within a phase is going to have one adult novel, one young adult novel, and then one junior novel in essence. Now, I've read all three of those for the first phase and they are all equally brilliant in different ways. So this one is the junior novel, A Test of Courage. Like the Jedi, as I said, was the adult novel and Into the Dark was the young adult novel. Now, they all follow slightly different characters, but they are all set around the same event, which was the Great Disaster. Now, that is tackled in Light of the Jedi, and I will clarify, this review is going to be a spoiler-free review to begin with, and then I will eventually get into spoiler territory. I'll go into that in a minute. Now, the Great Disaster was, in essence, there's some baddies called the Nile, and they damaged a ship that was going through hyperspace, and then pieces of the ship went across hyperspace, hitting planets or other ships or Lord knows what, and causing a huge amount of disarray across the galaxy. And at the time, in Light of the Jedi, um, the Chancellor at the time, she closes all hyperspace lanes so no one can travel through hyperspace, and so that caused a massive amount of delay in things. So that's just generally the background of this phase. Now, I will clarify that at the time of recording this, and obviously the time of release, the next wave within the first phase has been released. So the first, it's so complicated saying wave and phase. So I think there's three phases of the High Republic. We're still in the first phase, but it's the second wave within the phase. So the first wave was A Light of the Jedi as the adult book, Into the Dark as the young adult book, and then this book, A Test of Courage as the junior novel. And then for the next wave, which is out now, there's The Rising Storm is the adult book, Out of the Shadows, which is the young adult book, and then Race to Crash Point Tower, which is the junior book. 
In addition to that, there's going to be an audiobook, which is called The Tempest Runner. There's some mini-series as well that are involved that I will eventually be tackling. Obviously, there's the High Republic comics as well, which are coming out. So there's lots of things coming out. This is a massive multimedia project that they're all embarking on. There's like a couple of manga that are coming out as well. So there's a lot of it. I can't keep up with 100% of it, but I'm up to date with the first three books, as well as all of the comics. And then I'm soon to embark on the next wave. And also just a little bit more background information before I get into the full review. The High Republic, it was initially called Project Luminous and things, and it is about five main authors who kind of put this all together. So the five authors are Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, Daniel Jose Older, Kevin Scott and Charles Saul. And then there's also a gentleman called George Mann who's been involved. And then there's the editor, Michael Siglane, who also has had a hand in sorting it as well. So they're the main ones, really. I thought they were just five authors, but the book that George Mann is involved with, that is going to be coming out in late 2021. It's going to be called Showdown at the Fair. And that's why I didn't include him initially, because he wasn't in the first five that really put this thing together and weren't with Michael Siglane, who also helped put it all together. So it's been a big project for a while. Uh, if anyone wants any further information on that, please check out my Light of the Jedi book review because I give even more information about that, this, that and the other as well on that. Um, but I'm going to stick with the review on this one. Um, I've already given enough background information that I'm sure a lot of people who already know are sick of. So let's get into the review itself. So this is going to be the spoiler-free version of the review. Uh, so this is just very light information on plot. Basically what you'd have got if you'd have seen anything to do with the press releases and then my general thoughts on it and then I'll give some warnings and then I'll get into the more spoilerific territory in a sense. I normally do three phases like three tiers of spoilers and things which is what I did for Master and Apprentice and what I did for Light of the Jedi. I think I'm just going to do spoiler free and spoilers for this one uh, because there isn't quite so much weighted content in this one the story is far more simple it's just following one group of characters whereas Light of the Jedi I think had like five things going on at once and Into the Dark has like one main story but there are elements of that which I think are three or four characters all having different perspectives of the same thing so each of those have got a lot more weight to them and so when I eventually do it into the dark I may also do a tiered spoiler review on that as well uh, but for this one it's just going to be spoiler free and then also spoilers in essence so let's kick off the spoiler free review with the blurb because you know there's no spoilers in that Long before the Clone Wars, the Empire or the First Order, the Jedi lit the way for the galaxy in a golden age known as the High Republic. Vanestra Rowe is a brand new Jedi Knight at age 16, but her first real assignment feels an awful lot like babysitting. She's been charged with supervising 12-year-old aspiring inventor Avon Staros on a luxury liner headed to the dedication of a wondrous new space station called Starlight Beacon. But early in their journey, bombs go off aboard the ship. After narrowly avoiding being sucked into the vacuum of space, Vanestra, Avon, Avon's droid J6, a Jedi Padawan, and an ambassador's son make it to the shuttle. The communications are out and supplies are low. They decide to land on a nearby moon, which offers shelter, but not much more. And unbeknownst to them, danger lurks in the jungle. So yeah, in short, they're on a ship bad stuff happens, and then they land on a moon. That, that's really the very short one-sentence answer of, like, explanation of the plot. And I've got to say, I was hesitant to get this. In blunt honesty, when I got this book, I only had it because I finished the books I was reading, and there was about a month or so before the next High Republic book came out, which is The Rising Storm. So I was thinking, I could maybe cram in another book. It'd be nice to see how many of these books I can read before, of The High Republic, that is, before it becomes too overwhelming to really keep up with them 
And I'm already feeling that now because as I was recording this, three other books have come out just literally in the last month. So that's exciting. But because it was a junior novel, you know, I had my own thoughts on it in a sense of I was hesitant. I thought it's going to be too young. It's not going to be interesting enough. I'm hesitant to say it's my favorite because I still think I prefer A Light of the Jedi generally because the amount of plotting in there and there's a lot of dark themes in it and it was just such a roller coaster reading that first third especially. But I was really surprised how good this was. And I think the fact that it's just one story and it doesn't veer off to like interludes and lots of other like perspectives of different characters and things across the galaxy or dealing with a certain thing, because it's just this group of people and each chapter is from the different perspective of a different character, but they're all kind of around each other. I just think it works really well and also it's a lot shorter. So this book is only about 240 pages, while Light of the Jedi is about 380 pages and Into the Dark is 350 pages. But it's also worth noting that the pages in this book are a lot smaller than the pages in Light of the Jedi. So I would probably argue that maybe five pages of A Test of Courage probably equates to two pages of Light of the Jedi. So when you're reading it, you feel like you're getting through things really quickly. And because it's made so that it's a junior novel, which means basically 10, 12-year-olds, they're the kind of prime age this is aimed at, they can obviously read this and get through it. Whereas, you know, a 380-page book is quite a lot to deal with, uh, which is why, you know, one's more the, in air quotes, adult novel, in essence. But the pacing was excellent, I found. I really, really enjoyed the characters. And something I didn't realise until I bought the book, until I had it in my hands, there's actually some illustrations in it. Now, all of the High Republic books have got, you know, nicely illustrated cover art. And some of them, if you buy like special editions of them or whatever, it has like cover art going all the way around the book. So you get a bit more thing, like idea of that sort of thing. And, you know, if you look online and Star Wars and whatnot, you can find concept art and stuff, which I myself have looked at many times, especially during A Light of the Jedi, because in that book there are so many characters and things even though they're different species that i know of and whatnot some especially human characters because there's so many of them it's quite hard to differentiate between certain ones so i was having to look at the concept art to work out who was who and that's that's one of my only real criticisms of a light of the jedi is there's a lot going on and it's a lot to deal with But in this, it was refreshing because I really liked having pictures within the book, which may potentially sound juvenile in some ways, but I think it's because I'm so used to reading Star Wars comics, especially for this show. I'm so used to basically the visuals being given to me on a platter. Also, I do read Star Wars books and things, but a lot of the Star Wars books I was reading before The High Republic, you know, some of the Claudia Gray things, are connected to other elements of the Star Wars universe. You know, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, follows around Leia as a child. It's very easy to understand how she looks because only a few years before you see her in Rogue One, and also in other shows like Star Wars Rebels you do get to see her slightly younger as well so certain characters you know of visualising them as they're younger or things like that isn't that difficult but in the High Republic because none of the characters have been in live action before aside from Yoda and I think Yarel Poof I think if Mars Kanada eventually shows up or Jabba the Hutt does, people like that, you know, really old characters, you all know who they look like. You know, Jabba the Hutt was 600 at the point of the original trilogy. Yoda was like 900. Uh, Mars Kanata's like 1,000. So those certain characters, they were all alive at the time of the High Republic and Yoda is actively in some of the High Republic uh, content, mainly in the Star Wars Adventures comics, which are really good. Um, but he was basically, you know, going around the universe and whatnot. But 
I just want to come out for this book. If you wanted a shorter read and you want something that's more digestible, or if you want to get your kids into Star Wars, this is such a good book because I just think there are so many lessons in there. Each character has their own sort of aspects of things. You know, there's a character called Avon Staros, who I mentioned because she's in the blurb and things, and she's very logic-based. She doesn't understand people's emotions that well. She's very, very scientifically minded, which I myself really connect to because that's how I was when I was younger. And when people do things because of, you know, feeling emotional about things, I would have trouble sometimes in understanding and empathizing with things or being like why would someone do that thing there's no rationale behind it there's no logic and you get to see what she's thinking because as i say the chapters are told from the perspective of each or certain characters so it's just a really really interesting novel not only is the story is good the pacing is good and because it's not that long you can get through it and feel like you're getting through it quite quickly there's illustrations which help with the narrative and the characters are really really interesting as well i just think when i eventually have kids this is going to be one of the books i'll try and get them to read because as I said, Sana's got a perspective. You've got a Jedi Padawan in there who's sort of struggling with things. You've then got a young Jedi Knight who's, ba- who's Venestra. She's one of the youngest Jedi who've ever become a Jedi Knight. So normally, you know, you're a youngling until you get chosen to be a Padawan, and then you're a Padawan for normally like a decade or so. And then when you're ready, you take your trials and you become a fully fledged Jedi Knight. Then when you're a Jedi Knight, you can eventually take on a Padawan. And then usually, once you've had a Padawan that has become a Jedi Knight, you become then a master. There are certain other elements of why someone would become a master for certain reasons, but I'm not going to delve into that here. But that's generally the way it is. But Vanessa Rowe, the sort of air quotes main character, she became a Jedi Knight at the age of 15, which is essentially being a child prodigy. So with all that in mind, you've got, you know, you've got the weight of her trying to kind of get everything done. And she's kind of the leader in this book after the crash onto the moon. You've got the Padawan who is struggling with them. You know, are they going to be a good Jedi or not? Especially when they're next to someone who is only a couple years older than them and is already a Jedi Knight. You've got all these elements to things which just really, really work. And there's dealing with grief and loss and all kinds of elements, which I was very surprised at how the themes in this book are quite dark and quite adult, but they're presented in a way which makes it very accessible for people of any ages. So I have really, really enjoyed this book. And I'm genuinely, after I get The Rising Storm, I may actually pick up Race to Crash Point Tower before I pick up out of the shadows because i think claudia gray's novel into the dark although it is genuinely really 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 good i think for me it didn't quite hit the mark in the way that this book did or like the jedi did like the jedi because it's like a massive movie and there's so much going on and there's so many characters and it moves the huge plot along so well and introduces everything while this is a lot smaller easier to read and the characters themselves are the most intriguing part for me whereas into the dark the characters are really cool and the plot is really good but it's almost like both elements of Into the Dark are like solid seven or eight hour tens, while whereas like Light of the Jedi is like an eight and a nine, and this one's like an eight and a nine, if you kind of see what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this book. I would highly recommend it to any people of any ages. If you're trying to get into the High Republic, I would always recommend reading A Light of the Jedi, because as I said, it's that big introduction and they're the big moments that happen in the High Republic. But after that, I'd say a test of courage. Or even if you've never read a book of Star Wars, if you want to try a test of courage, it's probably quite a good way to get into reading the books. And then if you like how it feels, you can then venture in something that's a bit more of a difficult read in some ways, which is what I would describe a lot of the Jedi as. Not a difficult read, but if you've never read Star Wars before, I see people on certain Facebook groups and things like that talking about the first Star Wars book people recommend. Like the Jedi is a lot to deal with. I would recommend, you know, Master and Apprentice is a good one. Lost Stars is a great one as well, or potentially the Aftermath trilogy, where it's kind of linked to 
pre-existing Star Wars movies or characters and things like that, then you've kind of got a jumping off point to kind of connect it to. Whereas, as I said, the High Republic, as it's its own new thing, it can be quite hard to sort of get into that and kind of find your way around and, you know, differentiate all the characters and those sort of things. So, that is generally my review, spoiler free, without talking about any specific details of this. So this is your warning now, this is the spoiler warning saying that from here, I'm going to talk about the characters in a little bit more depth. I'm not going to ruin the whole story of the book, so even though I say there's going to be spoilers, it's not like you won't be able to read this book and enjoy it. I'm going to give you general footnotes of the plot, I won't spoil the ending either, but... I'm going to talk more heavily about the themes and more heavily about the characters and whatnot and some of the little connections in here as well. So if you already have read the book, there may be a couple of connections I mentioned that you may have missed, but I'm not going to really go into the connections like I do with the comics and stuff. This is still primarily a review. So here is your warning. And uh, yeah, I'm going to get into the spoilery part now. So... With a bit more spoilers and things, let's talk about this book. So there's certain characters that come to light that I think are quite important and more heavy themes that I didn't want to talk about in the first half because it can be a bit of a spoiler. But in essence, I'm going to talk about more so the first couple of chapters in this book, more depth about the blurb and the characters and things. So there's a character called Vanestra Rowe. She was a Jedi Knight at 15. She was a Jedi prodigy. And she has something called a light whip. Now, she's got a normal lightsaber, but she's modified it to make it into a light whip. Now, light whips are something that are quite popular in Legends, and it's exactly as it sounds. There are certain other things in, I think, the Clone Wars that show up, which isn't quite a light whip. I think they're electro whips or vibro whips. Um, but in essence, a light whip, yeah, it's a whip made from a lightsaber it was primarily used by Sith in Legends but there were a lot of Jedi who used it in Legends to kind of counter the Sith because if you've got a Sith weapon like the lightsaber whip that can has a much wider arc of damage that a normal lightsaber can do and because it can change its shape and things you can kind of flick it through like hordes of people like if there's people running at you that have lightsabers in theory you could whip this thing and cut maybe 20 people in half if not more and obviously if you have got a single standard lightsaber um, against someone with a weapon like that for some Jedi, it's easier to wield the same weapon to be able to best an enemy who's got that sort of thing. Now, this is tackled in the book. You know, the Vanestra, she hides it and doesn't want to tell anyone about these modifications she's done to her lightsaber that make it into a light whip. And then as it gets through the book a little bit, she ends up using the light whip and talks to her friend about it. And that's kind of how you get into the information about that. Um, but anyway, she was a Padawan of a character called Stellan Geos, and he is a character in The Rising Storm, which is a new High Republic book by Kevin Scott. He is also in Light of the Jedi a little bit as well but it's quite cool seeing those connections of he's got his own storylines going on while she's got her own storylines going on and I can't remember I mentioned it earlier but although she was a Jedi Knight at 15 in this book she's 16 years old so then you've got the other sort of Jedi in a sense, which is Imri Kantaros. Now, in the sort of start of this book, what happens is that there's a great disaster in air quotes. In the light of the Jedi, basically the Nile, which are the baddies, they are responsible for this ship breaking up while it's going through hyperspace and then pieces of it flick through hyperspace and destroy lots of things. That's in essence what the gist of it is without getting into the depths of the details. Now, although this is referenced in this book, that isn't the cause of the disaster at the start of this book. But there's, in essence, there's like a prologue chapter, which is the first hint of what's going to happen. And the back of the book, the blurb literally says about it happening. So essentially, Venestra and all the other characters, they're on this ship that's going somewhere and it gets sabotaged by some Nile who put a bomb on there. 
They managed to escape this like group of people, but everyone else on the ship dies, including one of the members' families. Um, there's a Padawan, the one Imri. His master dies, who's on there. And so he's dealing with a lot. His master's was Douglas Sunvale. You've got the character Honesty Weft, who is a, a Dalnan, like his dad's gone, and so have a lot of his people. You've got Avon Staros. She didn't really know anyone on board. And her protocol droid, J6, who also didn't really know anyone on board. So that's all fine. And the ship itself is called the Steady Wing. So... They manage to fly away in this little escape pod, then they get to this moon, Wavo, I think it's called, and then that's where the main story sort of picks up in this, where they have to survive on this planet. There's got quite harsh conditions, there's like acid rain, uh, there's like lots of other things there, it's a very interesting thing. But as I said, I think I said earlier on in this review, that there are like illustrations in this, and the illustrations really, really help and are really, really cool, I do, I do really like those. So that's the, the general premise of the start. So you've got Venestra, who is a young Jedi Knight, who's trying to comfort and deal with Imri, who is a young Padawan. He's only, I think he's about four years younger than Venestra, but because she's like a prodigy and became a Jedi Knight like years before most people, there's a strange dynamic there where he's kind of like, he's just lost his master. He's dealing with a lot of loss. There's some dark side emotions that start to kind of creep in that make more of an appearance as the story goes on. So she's trying to take charge while also trying to take care of Imri, while also there is that little thing of when someone who's not that much older than you is telling you what to do, that can often make especially young people feel a bit rebellious in certain ways. So you've got that dynamic, which is really interesting. And when you read the chapters that are from Imri's perspective, I really, really like the way it's written because it's it's dealing with loss and that's a very heavy subject. And for kids as well, it's a very important thing people have to learn to deal with. Obviously, I myself, many of you guys know I lost my father at the age of 19. Obviously, I'm not anywhere near as young as some of these characters are. In fact, I'm older than all of these characters at the time of my dad's passing, I think. Apart from maybe J6. I don't know how old she, the, the protocol droid is. Um, but regardless, I know what dealing with loss can be like. And I think this book handles it in a very, very tactful way. And while that's happening, you've also got Honesty, who's not a Jedi he's just a kid and his people have a fear of leaving the planet and going into hyperspace and then obviously he goes into hyperspace I think for the first time and then this whole disaster happens his dad dies many of his family die and he's stuck with like you know a Jedi a Padawan a droid and this girl so he from his perspective you've got like the Jedi side of things then you've got the Padawan side of things dealing with a master loss and then you've got just a normal person side of things losing their dad and obviously when you have a Jedi uh, master they do fit into a more parent-like figure for quite a while until you eventually become a Jedi Knight then the dynamic sometimes changes into more of sort of a brother-sister thing in certain aspects but generally speaking especially when a Padawan is quite young you have that sort of parent dynamic with them so you've got these two people dealing with loss in different ways and it is very very interesting how they deal with this and I really like that element of it so while you've got that happening you've got the character Avon Staros who is one of the ancestors of Sana Staros who's in the main run of Star Wars comics from 2015 and she's also been in the Afro comics recently as well. She's a really, really cool character. She's one of the best comic characters, I'd say. Well, it's her like 200 years prior great grandmother in theory, that sort of idea. And she's an inventor and whatnot, and she's intrigued by Kyber and um, crystals and logic. She's very much, she finds it ha- hard to handle people's emotions at times and to kind of tell them. 
And what that does is it makes her a very interesting character, one that I connected with when I was younger, because she doesn't always understand what people are going through. You know, when there's these Jedi doing this or doing that, telling them not to worry about loss and that sort of stuff, she has this kind of mindset of trying to be logical and rational. And obviously the Jedi are more spiritual, whereas people like Honesty are more just human. So there's not that spiritual side of things. There's not that scientifically minded and rationale things. It's just dealing with things in a normal way, in air quotes. So Avon Staras, I really like her. Some of the times, once again, where these chapters are written from a certain character's perspectives, it really helps you empathize and understand where the characters come from. And a lot of what Avon goes through is a lot how I felt when I was sort of 12 years old and a lot of the things that I was going through. So it really connects to me in that way. And sort of, although tragedy doesn't necessarily before Avon, she does have this dynamic with her mum, which takes her most of the book to really come to terms with. And it's interesting her talking about, you know, oh, I know the reason my mum sent me away from this world. It's because she really didn't like me and she actively just doesn't want me around and I'm just a pain and things. And then she has a conversation with someone and they tell her, well, have you tried thinking about it from her perspective? Is it maybe more safe that you've been sent away? Is it maybe more this or more that? And so that's a very interesting element of it as well. And then you've got J6, the protocol droid. Um, I do not remember any chapters being from their perspective, to my knowledge, but you do get some quite interesting things with her. And I say her because droids, although they're not explicitly male or female, their programming usually does have a masculine or feminine mode in essence. So for C-3PO and R2-D2 are both male personality droids in essence. It's a very easy way of kind of describing it. So J6 has the female personality type. And, you know, Avon um, altered her circuits and things. She's Avon's guardian, but Avon gave her a little bit more free will and things. And you kind of see that unravel steadily throughout the book, which is is quite interesting as well. You get to see how that happens. And this is, once again, one of those books that does character journeys really, really well. Each of the characters has their own journey they're going on. It tells you what they were expecting at the start, what they were hoping for, all these things, what they didn't want and whatnot. Then the disaster happens. Then they all get on this planet or this moon and they have to try and figure out what to do. And then more and more things happen that kind of push them along a certain line. Like with Imri, there's some more things that happen to him that more intensify his feeling of loss, which then makes the weight of his character even more heavy. It's it's very, very well written. And so in this as well, you've got other connections to things, because I mentioned the character Honesty, he's at Dalnan. Now, they are mentioned in Dooku Jedi Lost, which is an audio drama by Kevin Scott, and in obviously other High Republic content as well. And you've just got all these elements of things where it ties up quite nicely to the rest of the canon in a lot of ways. There's those little things, like little aspects, like certain species that pop up or like a planet that's mentioned that has only been mentioned a little bit recently and things like that. But then there's other wider things that connect more so to the High Republic. You know, there's a mention of Drengir in passing, I believe. There's mention of the Nile, but you don't fully know what they're all about because until the end of Light of the Jedi, you don't really have an idea of why they're doing what they're doing and nor do the Jedi. And realistically, the Jedi don't really know what they're doing as of me recording this now. I'm a few chapters into uh, The Rising Storm and I've read the three first High Republic books and I'm up to date with the comics and whatnot. And the Jedi still don't really know what's going on with the Nile and they don't understand how much of a threat the Nile are. But although the Nile are present in this, they're not the main focus. This is definitely a lot more about mainly Imri and Honesty dealing with loss and how other characters have to be around them to help with that element. You know, and you get introduced to some other cool characters. You know, there's the Force is used, there's little cute characters that appear, and as I always say, you know, I've mentioned numerous times, but I just I was so surprised by the illustrations that were even in the book, and I was just so happy that they were there. So I, I do really recommend this book. I'm, I'm not going to go into any more depth, I think, because anything else that I start talking about will be 
actively spoiler territory and will kind of ruin the book because although I really like the book for doing this, it is also one of the problems making you talk about this book, which is like the Jedi it has like six or seven different perspectives going on. It's often intermittent between chapters. So you could read like 10 pages and every three pages or so it will change whose perspective it is. And it can get a little bit confusing at times. Although the story itself is excellent and I really, really enjoyed it, it is quite one that you have to really focus on. Whereas with A Test of Courage, you don't have that. Because although you do get it from a few characters' perspectives, they're all around each other the whole time. So if there's a point where they're like in a cave and then you get like two or three paragraphs of one character, what they're thinking, then it goes to another character, what they're thinking. But you can still see and know what's going on because they're all in the same vicinity of each other. So it's not that complicated. Whereas like the Jedi, you've got, there's one big event that happens and then you've got three areas of the universe, what I recall, are being affected by it. And then you've got like two or three characters in each area of where that's happening. So there's like a big thing at the end and then, yeah, every few pages it changes and it's just, it's a lot to deal with. Whereas your Test of Courage, I absolutely shot through this book. Um, it's a lot shorter than the other books. There's not as much, like the, the pages are smaller as well and the text is bigger. So it takes like half, if not maybe a third as long to read A Test of Courage as it did to read like The Jedi. It's just got one story in mind with these five main characters and it just goes through it really, really well. So I'm actually very excited to read Justina Ireland's next book. I think it's Race to Crash Point Tower. No, that's Daniel Jose Older, sorry, but it's another young, young person's book. Like not quite young adult, but sort of middle grade school, I think it's called. So I am very excited to read that. I was very pleasantly surprised how good this actually was. So it really is a sort of summary of the three High Republic books. And as I said, I will be doing an Into the Dark review at some point, I think. But in essence, if the main big plot jumps, they're almost like movie level plot, that is good for Light of the Jedi. Into the Dark, I'd say is almost like a limited series in a way. It's just kind of like maybe six or seven episodes of something where there's a few characters perspectives and things, but it is like a side story, like an add-on almost. And Light of the Jedi is almost so- it's pretty much solely about the Nile. Into the Dark is much more heavily about the Drengir. Um, the Nile are in it, but the Drengir are the main focus. And then this story, the Nile are in it a bit, but the main focus is individuals dealing with loss. So that's really the kind of way I would describe these. And if I had to compare this in a media, so if like Light of the Jedi is a movie and Into the Dark is like a limited series, I would describe A Test of Courage as probably a four-part arc in Star Wars Clone Wars, that sort of feel. There's one where Ahsoka uh, goes onto the planet that or at least a planet where there's Trandoshans hunting on it and she meets Chewie. I think that's two or three arcs long and that has a similar sort of vibe to this. You know, there's a group of young Padawans, they're on this strange world, they're being hunted by something or something's going to get them and they have to kind of survive by themselves without their masters and figure out what's going on. That in essence is very similar to this. So it, it's a very easy read and I would say if people are going to pick up High Republic, I would say if you're a bit uncertain, maybe start with this one on the basis that it's quite easy to get along with. And although Light of the Jedi is the hardest one to read, I'd say, it is definitely the one that is the most rewarding to read. And I know that a few of you guys who are listening have actually contacted me and said you picked up Light of the Jedi or you listened to the audiobook and you really enjoyed it. That is good. I would probably argue the best order to read these in would be Light of the Jedi, then, I don't know, maybe then this one, then Into the Dark. I think I enjoyed Into the Dark the least of the three, but it is still a really, really enjoyable book. 
So um, I would, yeah, as I said, recommend this book. It's excellent. I can't wait to read some more other stuff as well. And uh, I know Justine Ireland's got her first comic that has just about been released. As of this getting released, it should already be out. But in the War of the Bounty Hunters thing that I'm doing, uh, she's written the Jab of the Hut comic for that, which is a one-off. So excited to read that as well. She's a very talented author just from this book alone that I can see. And I'm excited to read some of her other stuff as well. But you know, guys, tell me what you thought. Um, if you've read any of the High Republic stuff, please let me know what you think. If you do read this one, let me know. Um, just to clarify, obviously, it is aimed or the main demographic is sort of 12-year-olds in a way. But there are certain words in here and certain language which are... They surprised me, the vocabulary used. It's really good that young people learn, you know, a wider vocabulary at a young age where possible. So it's definitely, when you read this book, it doesn't feel like it's a kid's book at all. But there are moments where you know, maybe a sentence or two was left out in a way. You know, it happens in films a lot, in MCU movies. You see someone get, like, stabbed by something, and you just kind of see the blade about to go in, you hear the noise, then you see their reaction face, and then they fall to the floor. Whereas if you watch, like, a film that's, like, made for an older audience, you'll watch the blade fully go in, pop out the other side with, like, blood on the end, and then you see the blade get pulled out, and then the wound, like, splurt out a bit of blood. You know, it's the same thing as happening. It's just that one of them, you get to see the more graphic detail and one of them, you don't. That's kind of how I would compare this book, which is like some stuff happens like and some dark stuff definitely does happen, but it's not like gratuitous violence or anything unnecessary just so then it's more easily read by anyone of all ages. And also Vanestra Rowe is an amazing character and Avon Saros is an amazing character there. I'm very interested as well because Vanestra and Imri, they have both actually shown up in the High Republic comics. I think it was issue number six or seven. I might be wrong there, but it's, it's one of the sort of, at the time of recording this, I think we're on issue eight and they then show up, both of them together in a High Republic comic as well. So if you are reading the High Republic comics, there is an element in that that is a minor spoiler for an element of the ending of this book. So if you haven't got to the part I'm talking about and you're reading the comics and you're tempted to read A Test of Courage, get A Test of Courage and read it and then finish it before moving on to the next High Republic comic because as from what I can tell, it is order-wise like Light of the Jedi, Test of Courage and Into the Dark are all at the same point and then the High Republic comics are set just after. I don't know where they are in relation to the Rising Storm as of yet. I have, from where I'm reading them, they seem to be going on at a very similar time, because as mentioned of like a, some of the huts are mentioned in the book in the Rising Storm, and that is specifically happening right now in the High Republic comics. So lots of ongoing connections and things. And later on as the year goes, there's going to be a mini series. I think there's going to be two comic mini series, one about Marquis on Row and one about one of the characters, which I think is a saber for hire, uh, Ty Vorak or something like that. And she's in the Rising Storm. So there's going to be like a comic thing coming out. There's like a prequel to that. Uh, so there's lots of High Republic content to get your hands on. Um, if you want to contact me, you know, contact me at Genuine Chit Chat on social media. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. And you can ask me any questions about Star Wars, or the High Republic, or there. And I just, I'm really enjoying the High Republic. I think it's really, really cool. Thoroughly enjoying it as it's sort of going along. And I do recommend anyone to kind of check them out uh, especially if you want something new and fresh for star wars that isn't like intertwined with the skywalker saga because obviously the skywalker saga is a lot of fun but you don't always necessarily need to read something that's specifically tied to those nine movies or 11 depending on how much you think solo and rogue one are sort of tied in with the skywalker stories but yeah uh, this will probably be released as well while i am away so at present this is like a bonus episode in some way 
anyways, at present I am traveling with Megan around and I can't remember if, well, I can't remember, I don't know if I've yet decided for this to be released on the first week that I'm gone or the second week that I'm gone. Um, so either before this, there will have been an episode released, which is mine and Megan's Patreon thing, or the week after. Not overly sure, but also I think that my the the War of the Bounty Hunters comics will not arrive in time. So I have a feeling that Doctor Afra will have been released before I go away. So when I return, the first thing I'll be doing will be War of the Bounty Hunters, I think. Uh, but keep an eye on social media, and you'll find out. And if anyone really has a burning desire, please just ask, contact me, and I'll, I'll let you know exactly what my plan is because it's just waiting for the comics to come in sometimes as to how quickly I can get things done. Yeah, that's enough for me, guys. Make sure you check out all the amazing shows on the feed of Comics in Motion. If you're listening on YouTube, thank you. And uh, check out the playlist that I've got on my YouTube channel that puts there's book reviews in there. Um, there will be some more High Republic stuff coming. I'm going to be end up doing the comics and whatnot too. Then uh, there's also, you know, all the other Star Wars comics that are out at the moment. Uh, a lot of them are in playlists like Darth Vader ones and Dr. Aphra and that sort of thing. But um, thank you as always for listening, guys. I appreciate each and every one of you listening, especially all the way to the end. I hope you enjoyed this book review. And as always, guys, may the Force be with you. The intro for Star Wars Comics and Canon is arranged by myself, Mike Burton, and the backing music was made by Eric Matias of soundimage.org. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast. Mike Burton.